Good morning. And welcome to worship at First United Methodist Church. Let's see, we got it? We're good? Okay. Good morning. Welcome to worship at First United Methodist Church. It's a joy to see all of you gathered here for worship this day, and especially to know that there are many worshiping with us online. You are in for a treat today as the children perform one of their songs for us uh, later in the service. And speaking of songs, it is a musical week here at First United Methodist. Tuesday night, uh, the Gadsden State Choir will be performing here in the sanctuary. Thursday night, the Gadsden City High School Choir will be performing. And next Sunday, now remember this folks, next Sunday at 9 o'clock for the celebration service, this service will be in the chapel, and we're going to have a jam session, and it's going to be Christmas Unplugged. And I'm really looking forward to that. So we'll be gathering in the chapel. And then at 11 o'clock here in the sanctuary will be uh, Christmas music brought to you by the, the choir, uh, JT, and the musicians. So uh, be sure to grab your weekly sheet and find out all things First United Methodist uh, on there. Let us prepare ourselves for worship with prayer. Heavenly Father, on this second Sunday of Advent, we bow before you with great expectation. We look with anticipation for the worship that is to come, praying that your presence would be real, that your Holy Spirit would fill us, and we would be renewed. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
They will not hurt or destroy on all my hope mountains, for the earth will be full of knowledge of the of the Lord as water covers the sea. On that day the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal to the people. The nations shall acquire of him, and his dwelling shall be glorious. Isaiah eleven verse nine thirteen. We are the followers of the root of Jesse and Elijah. Spoke of the spoke of we are the ones who are now called the stands uh, as a signal to the word to all the creations. That peace is the will of the one who creates us. Peace is the knowledge of the Lord. We proclaim the sea to the shiny sea. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven come near, and bear fruit worthy of repentance. Matthew 3, verse 1, 2, and 8. We light these candles, the candles of the joyful hope and the candle of proclaim peace in our in part of remind ourselves that we are the we are a people rising toward God's promise that we are that we also light them as a sign to the world and Announcement: There, there are some who hold on to hope, and there are some who work their ways of peace. We stand as a sign of Emmanuel is still our fervent prayer. Good morning. We would like to invite everyone to our children's musical this evening at 5 o'clock. Please come out and enjoy a night of worship led by us in the sanctuary. We will have dinner and a happy birthday Jesus party in the gym. Hope to see you there.
church. I not only offer thanks for them, but also I want to say a word of, of thanks to our guest musicians today, uh, Parker and Josiah. Thank you very much for filling in for us in worship today. Let us continue our worship as we prepare for our morning offering. Let us pray. God, we remember Jesus' words, let the children come to me. And as the children came forward today, we were blessed by this opportunity of worship. May this season be about blessings and worship and turning our heart and mind and lives toward you. Help us to focus on you in the coming weeks so that we might not only be renewed in this Advent season, but so we might be more faithful disciples across this city and across this world. We ask, God, that you forgive us our sins when we fail to do your will, and you help us to live more like Jesus. Be with those that we bring who are on our heart today. You know the needs before we speak them, and we ask that you comfort those who are sick and mourning and those who struggle. And we also ask, dear God, that you not only bless us, but bless the offering that we are about to receive. May it be multiplied, and may you guide us in its use for your glory and for the coming of your kingdom. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. If the ushers will come forward, we will worship God with our morning offering.
Thank you. So are you looking for Christmas perfection? Well, I wanted to help you in that cause or endeavor, so I went to the Internet to try to find a solution for Christmas perfection. First, I went to Google, and I Googled perfect Christmas, and here is what came up. Several songs, a Hallmark movie, a scented candle by that name sold by Bath and Body Works, a website for recipes, a cartoon special, and a binge-watching list for favorite television shows and Christmas movies. And I decided that probably wasn't the best answer, especially the candle from Bath and Body Works. So I went to Facebook. What did Facebook have to say about Perfect Christmas? And I put in the search, and here's what I found. A retail store by that name, reels on decorating a Christmas tree, suggestions for gifts, a Christmas tree farm, and a Facebook page that showcased retro TV commercials from the 1950s and 60s. Still not the answer that I thought would help you. So I went to Pinterest. Pinterest has a solution for everything. And I typed in perfect Christmas. And this is what I found. 
51 cheap and creative Christmas gifts, the best Christmas aesthetics from Pinterest, 75 clean Christmas memes, and a recipe for the perfect Christmas cookies. Still confused? Me too. See anything that's missing? Me too. My search to assist you with preparations, I believe, fell flat. Because we who follow Jesus know that the perfect Christmas starts with Christ. It doesn't start with 51 creative and cheap Christmas ideas, that candle from Bath and Body Works, or a Hallmark movie. It starts by remembering the reason that we celebrate. Emmanuel, God with us. God's great inbreaking as he came to the earth. That's where a perfect Christmas begins. But I got some bad news for you. No matter how hard you try and no matter how hard you strive, even in focusing on Jesus, Christmas will likely not be perfect. Because we live in a broken, imperfect world. We're people who hurt who have pain, and we love people who hurt and have pain and make mistakes. And because of that, we try to navigate the season the best we can, keeping our eyes on our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you have your Bible, I invite you to turn to the book of Hebrews, chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Hebrews 1, verses 1 through through four. Hear the good news. Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors in many and various ways by the prophet. But in these last days, he was spoken to us by a son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he also created the world's. He is the reflection of God's glory and the exact imprint of God's very being. And he sustains all things by his powerful word. When he had made purification for our sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and how it turns our eyes upon our Savior Jesus. God, as we reflect on these words from Hebrew, I pray that the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing and acceptable unto you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The author of Hebrews offers such a powerful description of who Jesus was, is, and will be. This is Jesus. Along with God, he is creator. He is purification for our sins. He is a reflection of God's glory. He received the great name. He is sitting at the right hand of God, and he ushered in a new covenant. Once God spoke through the prophets, and now he speaks through Jesus. The letter to Hebrews begins with this introduction, not only to the letter, but also introduction to Christ. The original audience of this 
letter was believed to be Christian Jews living in exile. They had gone, undergone great persecution, and now they had scattered beyond Jerusalem. And in this time, they were trying to live as faithfully as they knew how. But life was hard. They were facing persecution at every turn. And it is believed that this may have even been the second generation of Christian Jews in exile away from the Jerusalem area. And they were confused, they were tired, and they were ready to give up. They were tired of waiting. See, they were waiting for Jesus to return. When would it be? And this message from Hebrews is simple. Just hang on. Hang on to your faith and hang on to Jesus. That's why the author starts with this introduction, because he wants to remind them of the reason to keep hanging on. He wants to remind them of why they are where they are. You see, they grew up in a tradition or knew a tradition where they were separated from God. The priest was the intercessor. And now they no longer had to have an intercessor because Jesus was God among them. And Jesus would return. Just be faithful. Just hang on. The author knew it was hard because of persecution. They were being ostracized by their Gentile colleagues and friends who were celebrating pagan festivals and also those that they knew who were Jewish because they, were, they believed in Jesus. So in this difficult time, the author of Hebrews reminds them of why they are where they are and why they need to continue the course in faith. This message was to help them in a very trying time. They lived in an imperfect world just like us. Unfortunately, just like with the people who heard these words in the original letter, we too live in an imperfect world. We don't face the trials and difficulties that they face, but when we're looking for perfection, we can't find it. It's very difficult. Even in these times when we're looking for perfection, we know that brokenness and hurt and pain and problems will likely emerge. There will be a moment over the next two weeks that someone will change their, your, their plans without a moment's consideration for yours. There will be a moment when your oven will break or your pie will burn or someone will bring up the 2024 elections. When someone gets a diagnosis or you're missing someone at your Christmas table, there will be a moment when your feelings are hurt or someone makes a mistake and you're left trying to navigate what that will mean for your holidays. Just remember, this is what it means to be sinful people in a broken world. And we likely can't plan the perfect Christmas because our striving for the ideal will not get us there. This doesn't make Christmas any less special. It just reminds us that we need to keep our eyes on the perfect one, Jesus. If you keep reading in the book of Hebrews, you will find in the fourth chapter, the author reminds us that Jesus is the perfect one. He was tempted like all of us, but he, while tempted, knew no sin. Jesus was sinless son of God. 
And in the Jewish tradition, he was as perfect one, he would become the lamb or the atoning sacrifice for our sins. He was purification of our sins and the glory reflection of God. He is the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, the perfect one we can look to in our quite imperfect world. In our faith tradition, or in our denomination, we acknowledge we're not perfect. We are far from it. We're all sinners standing in need of God's love. But while we may not be perfect, we also believe that God did not save us to leave us where we are. God saves us for more. And we call that, in our faith tradition, a journey toward perfection. We are made perfect in love in this lifetime. Not that we'll always get it right, but we realize that faith isn't so much a destination or a target as it is a journey of following Jesus day by day in this broken and hurting world. It is staying rooted in Jesus even when the imperfect comes. Jesus constantly invites us to a deeper journey in discipleship. And Christmas provides an excellent opportunity for you to take this excellent journey in discipleship. It gives us an opportunity for us to strive in practicing love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. Now, as you sit here, you're thinking, I can practice love and joy and peace at Christmas. I'm all about that but then drop you in the middle of Walmart or navigating Christmas at the falls or traffic on Rainbow Drive, and trust me, you will lose your kindness and self-control in a moment. But Jesus helps us in those moments. We're moving toward perfection, looking to him as the example, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. And forgiveness and grace in our lives is a beautiful gift that we can receive this time of year because we all need grace. We all sin and mess up. And Jesus offers us that grace. The Psalms say that he forgives our sins as far as the east is from the west. And not only can we receive grace, but we can find a new start in him. Every moment is a time for a new start. Remember back in October, we talked about new beginnings that God was doing? God continually does new beginnings in your life. That can be this moment, this, that can be in the morning, in the evening, any time you can turn to God and receive a new start. And that's wonderful, especially if you're a person like myself and prone to keeping score. And not only that, you can receive forgiveness for yourself, but you can give that gifts to others. Because we live in a broken world, others might reflect that brokenness. We might lose our temper. They might disappoint us. Something around us may upset us. But we can show them grace and moving toward perfection as we show grace and forgiveness to others because we have experienced grace in our lives. There will be so much over the next two weeks you can't control. There is so much in life we can't control. And to think we can control everything, that is completely unrealistic. We will not be able to do it. Something will happen, and your plans most likely will go awry. And if they don't, count your blessings. 
But in those times when you face something which you can't control, remember, the peace of Christ is with you. The peace of Christ is there. And that is the gift of the perfect Christmas. Something that Google or Facebook or Pinterest did not reveal, but Christ reveals to us as we are on a journey of discipleship. I've come to see that the peace of Christ and the perfect Christmas is kind of like a hurricane. Bear with me on this. I got this metaphor from a pastor named Edmund A. Stimel in his sermon, The Eye of the Storm. Now, you know a hurricane, especially a large hurricane, is quite destructive. It's loud. It brings uh, violence and destruction. The winds are, are great. It can level everything around it. It's chaotic and uncontrollable. But right there in the middle of the storm is a place of perfect peace. In fact, the larger the hurricane, the larger the eye. And the eye is a place where I've never been in the eye of a hurricane, but I understand there is sunshine, there is calm, there is quiet, with all the chaos swirling around you. That's what the peace of Christ offers us this Advent season. May we continue to look toward Jesus as we seek the perfect holidays as the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that Jesus is our rock and our redeemer. And even in those times where it feels like complete madness, we're thankful that he is our rock and our redeemer and that we can trust in him as Prince of Peace. I just pray that blessing upon everyone here worshiping today and upon all those not only gathered in this room, but those worshiping with us online. May they know that quiet and that calm that is the center of the storms of our life. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
Okay, quiz everyone. Where are we meeting next Sunday? Chapel, which is right through those doors. And, and James, what are we doing next Sunday? Under the direction of the pastor, right? Okay, so Carol singing a lot of fun. There'll be cookies and cocoa afterwards. Join us for Christmas Unplugged in the chapel. Also, what's at five o'clock tonight? Star of Wonder. I hope to see you there. And if you have a prayer need in your life or would like to unite with First United Methodist Church, I'm available after the service to talk with you. And now receive the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Go in peace. Amen.